Hello and welcome to another Sporting CP podcast. My name is Carl Santos. I am the host of this podcast. It is July 12th, 2020. The game has just ended a few minutes back. It's uh, between Sporting and Santa Clara. And we will spend some time today uh, talking a little bit about that game. A little bit about transfer news, which is always uh, interesting and exciting this time of year. And just some other general sporting news it'll be a shorter podcast maybe i don't know let's just talk about sporting and see how things go so sporting just won one nil today against santa clara and it was a interesting game to watch i'm not sure if you were able to catch it or not um but sporting definitely dominated the game there's no doubt about that they controlled the ball uh they were the they deserved the win that being said, they weren't uh, weren't that decisive with their opportunities and their uh, and their scoring chances. So you know certain things I think they could have done well a lot better. They outshot Santa Clara twelve to four. They outpossessed um, them sixty six to thirty four as far as percentage. Um, there's no doubt about it that it was a, a clear domination by Sporting is what you expect. Um, would like to see a little more decisiveness. Uh, in the final third and some um, so again I still would like to see a striker who would um, be more of a support but let's let's just talk about the game so what did we see today uh, I'll just talk about some things I noticed first of all boy I love watching Sebastian Coates and uh, uh, when he's going up to get some headers uh, in corner kicks he's so big he's so strong you saw he scored he nearly scored a goal and it was actually uh, would have been kicked in by Dumbia but they were uh, called back for a foul that uh, I'm not so sure it was a foul but that's all right um Coates is just so big and strong and he had a header on a couple of corner kicks throughout the day fun to watch him there one of the things I noticed about the formation and again Ruben Amram did what was expected the 3-4-3 three, three, three center backs four in the midfield with two of them being wingbacks that kind of uh, go up and down the wing and come back to make a, a defensive five in defensive situations, but otherwise add width in the offense. And, um, boy, those back three today were really spread out. Sebastian Coates stayed in the middle, but he had Acuna on the left-hand side and uh, Eduardo Caresma on the right. Um, and it's normal when you have three at the back, they're going to spread out, but those guys were really far. Caresma and Acuna were... Um, oftentimes right on the sidelines and they both pressed really high up the field i mean santa clara was standing back they weren't a very big threat on the counter attack so they didn't have much to be afraid of did sporting um but to see those two guys so far uh to the outside and acuna specifically uh, that guy was was he player of the game maybe um, I think he was the highest rated according to whoscored.com. Um, but he had six crosses, which when you're... <laughs> if he was playing in the spot Nuno Mendes was playing in on the left-hand side, that might be a different story. But he's supposed to be one of the back three. So to have six crosses um, and 20 long ball attempts, like he was a guy who was just pressing forward in, in the in the back there. He looked a lot like J Jeremy Mathieu and maybe even more aggressive. Not too surprising since um, Acuna is a guy who goes forward and I'm sure Ruben Amram gave him that freedom. But um, he looked pretty good. Now he didn't have to defend a whole lot. When he did, he was pretty good still. I believe he had a couple of tackles and he was not by, in any stretch a liability on defense. 
but he was certainly a guy who um who will like to press forward and is he going to be the third back against Porto next week on Wednesday Mm, I don't know. Well, okay, no, he can't be. He's just got a yellow card. In fact, uh, Acuna got a yellow card, and he's actually uh, not eligible to play next week. So we'll be without Acuna, so that'll solve that problem. But it's not really a problem because we're going to miss him because he's such a great player. Um, So he was fun to watch today as well. So those three at the back is very interesting. They got so far wide that what I liked occasionally is it created a lot of mismatches on the wings because... When everybody was on the sides, what you had on the left was Acuna, uh, Mendez, and Jovan. Uh, Giovanni uh, were all on the left-hand side, and that created a lot of mismatches because Santa Clara couldn't possibly put that many guys onto the wing to defend. Now, that's very good. However, the problem was having three on that side, and then you have uh, Ristovsky and Plata and Karezma on the right. Um, it was okay, but it, and Wendell was really foraging on the left-hand side too. But it left the, the, the middle a little bit sca- scant, you know, not much coverage in the middle. So uh, all the crosses that were coming through from Acuna and Rostovsky did, uh, had a number of crosses as well today. Uh, they were, weren't finding people. I mean, again, uh, Andre Sparar was just kind of okay. He was better today than he was, um, but, but nothing much. So again, the attack continues to come down the wings for sporting. Uh, cause a lot of trouble for Santa Clara, not to be, uh, not too surprising. I thought they did pretty well defensively. I thought uh, Rafael Ramos uh, had a good game for them, um, and their center backs are pretty solid. Cardoso and uh, Alphonse, uh, pretty, pretty good team all in all. Santa Clara, um, but they just didn't press forward very much. So that was interesting to see them how much they were overloading on the wings. Um, the, what I liked uh, as well about this formation, when it's really working, although I do th- still think they're a little hollow in the middle, um, I love that when Nuno Mensch and um, Rostovsky, and, well, in this case today, Acuna and Karezma, when they're out on the outside creating that width, it allows Jovan and, Giovanni and um, Plata to get inside and really cause havoc in the middle. And um, you can see, if you watch the game, Sporting is really favoring Giovanni Cabral. They're really looking for him to be the goal scorer. Uh, And he's happy to do it. He scored a beauty today again. A great cross, a lofted cross from uh, Wendell. He was on the right-hand side, crossed it to the left side of the box, and um, or center-left. And then uh, a good finish, a great finish. So um, a well-earned win all in all. Uh, what happened today? I was interesting. I was watching, and when Acuna would run up the side, uh, I saw Dumbia, Idrissa Dumbia, would drop back and play the center back position. So they were watching. Uh, I'm guessing Dumbia was aware that this would be an issue because every time, almost every time Acuna went forward, you could see Dumbia sneaking back to play defense. Um, so that was that was wise. It was good. Um, good to see a little bit of Thiago Tomas come in at the 78th minute for Sparar and. Um, you know, he was didn't play very much. Didn't by then the game was a different different game, so he didn't get to play all that much. But I was encouraged to see him come back and play a lot of defense. And um, I think the yellow card he got was a little bogus, but that's all right. Um, Mateus Nunez came in as well for um, Dumbia, and again looked pretty solid. A couple of good key passes, uh, even in his short time there. He made one really great cross pass to Gonzalo Plata. Was it Plata or was it Rostovsky who got it? Anyways, on the right-hand side, and he used a, a nice long pass. It was beautiful, right on, right on the foot. And um, so, yeah, so that was positive to see as well. I'll say one last thing that I noticed. 
again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but with a, with those four defenders in the or four midfielders with the two going out wide, you only have two guys in the center, and unless Cabral and, and Plata come back, you don't get a, there's not a lot in the middle. And what I found, if you watch the carefully, you see um, Santa Clara was putting up two banks of four, four backs and four midfielders, oftentimes sometimes five and four or four and five, and the back four were staying back to cover the forwards, but the middle four for Santa Clara were pressing pretty high up the pitch, and because. They knew that there was no attacking midfielder who was going to sit in between the striker and the midfielders. So uh, what happens there is you have this big no man's land in the middle. And Santa Clara realized that they could do that because there was no guy like a Bruno Fernandez or even like a Francisco Giraldes and guys who sometimes will sneak into the middle. And the benefit of that is it forces defenses to keep their back four and their mid four, the midfielders and defenders, tighter together. Because otherwise, imagine um, imagine Dumbia sneaks a pass through to somebody in between the strikers and the midfielders. If that's the case, then what the defense has to do is they either need to drop midfielders back to chase, which leaves the midfield a little more open to for more uh, build-up play, or a center back has to rush forward to try to cut off this guy before he gets too much open space, in which case, again, it creates mismatches. So um, not to be too technical, but that's what I'd like to see more of. I haven't seen that in between. I haven't, and it's easy to say they don't need it right now. But remember, they haven't played the strongest teams yet. Next week, boy, am I looking forward to the Porto match. Uh, really interested to see what happens in there and how aggressive Sporting are or not. And um, they certainly have a good team for counterattacking with speedy wingers. I'm not so sure they can transition as quick as I'd like with that midfield from the defense to the strikers or to the forwards. But that'll be interesting. Either way, I'm looking forward to it. Let me know what you thought about this game. All in all, Sporting dominated. No question about it. I would like to see better finishing. Still pretty encouraged with some of these young guys. I still love Duno Mendes. Uh, Tiago Tomas, I haven't seen enough of him on the first team, but again, looked pretty good uh, for those few minutes he's in. And uh, Karezma, what can you say? He was solid again um, for the most part. So um, so that's the game. Let me know what you think about that game. Good win for the Lions and uh, continue to have a stranglehold on third place, and we'll see what happens in that Braga game. I think it's happening right this second um, as I'm recording this. Okay, so from that, let's turn to transfer news. If you follow my um, Instagram page, I'll, I'll do what I do what I can to keep up to date on what I'm hearing from the various outlets I'm, I'm kind of paying attention to and reading. And um, transfers. So the ones that were kind of new on the ra- radar this week were uh, Wanderson. Wanderson, who's a Brazilian midfielder for Kras- uh, Krasnodar, Krasnodar sorry, in Russia. Um, he's been pretty solid there, but the Russians know that he's been pretty solid. So um, as a result, they want him for ten million. It if and that it seems Sporting is saying, you know what, we're not interested in spending that much. Sporting knows, you know, I'm looking at the guys they're looking to purchase, and they're looking for the guys that are like between two to six million right now. Doesn't look like they want to break the bank. I don't think they feel like they need to break the bank right now. That they're looking for role players. So Wanderson, good solid player, ten million is a lot of money. So uh, I don't see them picking him up unless they happen to sell somebody who I'm not expecting for more money. We'll see what happens when Acuna gets sold, but I don't think they're going to go you know, tit for tat. If they sell Acuna for $20 million, um, to Inter Milan, let's say, that's great. I don't see them spending $20 million on a replacement. 
that's just not sporting style generally. I'm guessing they're going to stick to that two to six, seven million euro spot for a replacement, which is why names like um, uh, Vittoriano Atunez are popping up. And even some younger players like this young guy, Gideon Mensa, who's a uh, RB Salzburg player who was on loan in Zulto Waregem this year and uh, played very solid for them. But he's a kid. He's 20 years old. And um, again, do you want to replace a 28-year-old great wingback like Acuna with another teenager um, or a kid when you've got Nunez, when you've got good players? Now, there are players on loan, and we'll talk about them, that are coming back, and maybe that's an option. So Wanderson is an option. Gideon Mensa, I don't know if he fits at the club. Um, he's He fits with the style. He's a young player with some high potential. You can get him cheap and sell him a little higher. So that's good. That's that's sporting. <laughs> but I just don't know if they need him right now. But we'll see. Maybe he's a guy, if you can get him on the cheap, you can get him and, and it's a win-win. Uh, also rumored, a strange one, well, maybe not too strange, Raul Gonçalves, which uh, he's a midfielder for Vasco da Gama in Brazil. Had a good season, more of a defensive midfielder. Um, 23 years old, so he's not uh, too young. He's not, not certainly not old, but he's not a, a teenager. And again, 2 million euros, which is... That sounds about right. Is that the guy they bring in? I don't know. We'll see. But um, I think he could come in and do a job right away. I don't think he'd have to to adapt too much. He's played in a in a similar system, as far as I can tell, in Vasco da Gama, to, as to what um, Amarim wants, which is a, a more of a pressing and uh, um, similar three four three formations. Uh, oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes, I don't know. Sounds like a decent option, but I, have, I don't know enough about him to be honest uh, to say with certainty. Um, one that keeps popping up, and I hope it's not true, even though he's a good player, is Ricardo Schau. Uh, is You remember him? He's a right-back, right-winger kind of player. He's uh, somewhere on the right side anyway. Played for Sporting. We sold him to Braga a few years ago, and he's done very well. He's a solid player at Braga. He contributes a lot of assists, good crosser of the ball, calm on the ball, greatly composed. Um, I actually like him as a player, but... Be, I, I'm guessing that Braga is still a bit, a bit upset about the um, the stealing of Ruben Amorim because they are saying they want 20 million euros for this guy. And listen, he's a solid player. But in this market, 20 million, um, and you know, in the COVID era, when, when teams are down in revenue because of tickets and all that stuff, 20 million, that sounds like a sporting markup. <laughs> like they're um, just PO'd that 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 they took a they took a hit when they lost Amarim, um, and they were driving the price up. So I don't see Xiao coming back for twenty million euros. Uh, solid player. I got to be honest. I would like to see a new right back come in. I'm not so sure, sure Valentin Rossier is the best. I mean, he's twenty three. He could be better than than I'm thinking. Um, Rostovsky has been solid. I mean, he's not going to knock the place down, but he's been pretty good defensively. He gets back. He's a responsible guy on the wing. And today, I thought he played pretty well today. He put in a number of crosses. I don't know, four or five crosses, and some of them pretty dangerous looking. And then, um, to be honest, I blame Sparar sometimes for not getting on the end of these. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Do we need a shout for $20 million? You let me know. I put it on Instagram, and so far the feedback has been uh, pretty negative. People saying it's not he's not worth it, but 
Let me know what you think. Um, a, a pretty much a done deal, as far as I could tell. Zuhair Fadal coming from uh, this is the Moroccan central defender from uh, Real Betis for three million euros, which is again good piece of business for a thirty-year-old um, who's going to come in, experience, and be stable in the back. Um, I don't want to compare him to Jeremy Mathieu because he's not as offensively minded though he is left-footed. But similar idea, bring in a guy who's experienced, who can anchor the back with Sebastian Coates and allow these young guys to rotate around and, and grow. So uh, it sounds like he's a done deal. Um, interesting. I've heard of a lot of guys coming back as far as some old Portuguese guys, uh, aside from Antunes. Antunes coming back on the left, or not back, but coming on the left. Um, I've heard uh, Adrian Silva, we've talked about him before, um, would make sense to a degree. Whether Will it happen? I don't know. Um, because if they want to recoup some of their money, Lester, you know, if Lester wants to recoup some of the big money they spent to get him out of sporting, then there's going to be trouble because no one's going to pay that much for Silva. He's 31 now, I believe, and he's, um, not had the best couple of years. So his stock has definitely dropped. So I still would like to see him. I don't mind seeing him back in sporting. The question is what is, um, Lester willing to do as far as price? Um, Two other interesting ones I've heard. One is Ricardo Caresma. <laughs> I've heard that he's hitting the twilight years. He's pretty much done. He's playing in um, in Turkey. And I've heard some some people saying, hey, wouldn't you like to see him back? Um, you know, in the Portuguese league, you don't want to knock the Portuguese league. I know it's not as strong as some other leagues. He's, what, 33, 34 now? I don't know. I don't know. what You know, we're going to put him on the wing, and who's he going to play instead of? Um Plata on the right-hand side? Is that who he's going to replace? I don't know. I don't know. Let me know what you think. I don't know how really... Re- I haven't heard anything. I've only heard outlets saying it. I haven't heard any any firm newspapers talking about this. It's just some other podcasters and such. But um, yeah, let me know. I, I don't know. I wouldn't get him. And the other one I've heard, people saying, hey, wouldn't you like to see uh, Islam Slimani come back? Because Slimani, if you recall, had a great few years here at, at Sporting before being sold off again to um, to Leicester, right? Was it Leicester is the first place he went? I think it was Leicester. And then he's been out on loan all the time. Um, he's again in his early 30s now. I don't know. He's an established scorer, I suppose. You know, he's done it. He's done the job in, in the Portuguese league. I don't know. I don't know. Let me know what you think. <laughs> I should have more of an opinion, I guess, but I don't. I don't know if I'd want him back. And I have lamented on this podcast already before about how I'm not convinced the guys we have at striker are the best, but I don't know if I want Slomani. Now, he might be a more stable player and more consistent than a guy like Sparar. Maybe Pedro Mendes isn't ready to take the jump. Maybe he is. Maybe we should just give him a few game run um, and see what he can do. I don't know. And Tiago Tomas, of course. Um, and Bruno, or sorry, Ruben Namram has been giving him a few runouts. So I'd like to see, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd go for Slomani. I'd like to see what Mendez and Tiago Tomas can do um, uh, to support Luis Philippe and um, uh, what's his name? Um, Sparar. I mean, we also have Luciano Vieto when he comes back. Is that a guy who can slide into striker? That's where he started as a young uh, Argentinian. That's where he played, I think, a lot of, not all the time, but a lot of time with Fulham as well when he was out there. Anyway, there's those guys. And um, I was taking a look today at some of the guys that we've got Sporting has out on loan to see who's coming back. And the listing is, is here's what it, who they are. Lumor, you know, Lumor um, 
Agbenyenu is a, he's a Ghanaian, I believe he's Ghanaian. He's a Ghanaian left back. He's at Mallorca this year. Uh, solid, but I don't know if he fits. I might look to sell him. I mean, I'm thinking like FIFA though. You know, I'm thinking like I'm playing FIFA or football manager <laughs> where I treat guys like commodities a little more. Uh, I would sell them, but what do I know? Um, maybe the, maybe you want a guy like that with some experience again to be a good backup. I don't know. Uh, Bruno Gaspar, but we've spoken about him. He will be sold to Olympiacos by the look of it. Um, Andre Giraldis, will not to be confused with Francisco. He's playing in uh, Tel Aviv in the Israeli league. Andre Giraldis on the right-hand side defender normally. Don't see him coming back either. Uh, so I expect him to stay out. Philippe Chabi, remember Philippe Chabi? Uh, he's at Academica right now. He was a guy who I had a lot of high hopes for as a youngster. He just hasn't seemed to develop, which is you know normal enough when you produce a lot of young players. Um, you know I, I'd like to look at his numbers with Academica and see what he was like, see if he's worth giving a shot to. But he might come back to the squad and then go back out on loan. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Joao Palinha at Braga. Now here's a. So I like Palinha. I think he'd be great with Sporting. I think he's a good, great middle, a central defender or central midfielder. And um, interesting that he's loaned to Braga and there's a bit of a war of words and some stuff going on there. Braga may want to buy him, in which case, um, if Braga decides they want to try to buy him out, uh, the Sporting, I don't know if his contract with them, with his loan deal, has a, a buyout clause. But if it does, then they're stuck on it. If not, I wonder if Emerim is really desperate enough for uh, Ricardo Zhao to come back, if that works out as some kind of a deal there or some leverage, I don't know. I'd like to see Joao Palinha come back personally. So we'll see what happens. He's at the end of his two-year loan with Braga. Uh, Mateus Pereira, uh, Pereira is, um, well, we know he was sold to West Brom in England. He was uh, there on a loan and they opted after a really great showing with them, uh, opted to buy him out for, I believe, 9 million pounds is what it worked out to. So what is that, 12 million euros, something like that? Um so great job. We sold him, made some money. He's a good. He had a really good year. I, I, I think it's a great. I think it's a great deal for West Brom. He's still young. He's still a guy who can perform, and he he really did a great job for them this year. And to get him for nine million pounds, like just for the record, that's similar to what we paid for Andre Sparar. Um And uh, this guy performed quite well. So good deal for for them. Money in the bank for Sporting. Um, we have Joseph Misic, um, who is at PAOK in uh, Greece. Again, midfielder. He's a rotation guy. I don't see him being much more. Uh, uh, Abdoulaye um, Diaby, who was on our right-hand side winger kind of thing, went to Besiktas in, um, in Turkey. Looks like they want him. Uh, they want to buy him. And I don't recall the number now. I think it was five to seven million, somewhere in that area. They're looking to pay for him. Uh, so I'm guessing he will stay. There, I'm not so sure he wants to. I know there are some questions about whether or not he was interested in staying in Turkey, but um, uh, you know, it's hard when a player is wanted somewhere and he knows he's going to play like he has been at Besiktas. Um, yeah, maybe a different culture, maybe different than what he's used to, maybe foreign for him, but he's wanted and players want to play, they want to be at a place where they're wanted. I suspect he'll go. Uh, they've got Alan Ruiz also on, um, Loan at Aldecivi uh, in Argentina. He's 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 in no man's land. I can't imagine him coming back either. He'll probably either go back out on loan or he'll be sold. Um, Leonardo Acevedo in at Verzim, uh, Varzim. Uh, yeah, they have a couple other guys that are not of of interest. So for me, as far as on that list, Joao Palinha is really the only one I see coming back from loan. 
that will that could jump back into the starting 11 or at least compete and be a regular in the starting 11. Um, other than that, you know, Philippe Chabé, uh, Lumar and on the left side maybe. But other than that, I don't see much more uh, there at all. And there are still some young guys. We still have Rodrigo Fernandez. We still got uh, Braganza, who I'm, I I liked him as a youth player. We'll see how he does if he gets a chance in the big team. Obviously, Tiago Tomas and Nunez and Mendez. Um, uh, Rikisho. Let me know Moro Rikisho. I don't know how much you guys know about him. Right-hand side defender as well. Also played in the, in the youth teams and stuff. Again, solid young player. We'll see what happens if he gets a shot up. Okay, so that is... Uh, that let me say one more thing before I close this podcast election news I put it out on Instagram that sporting not only last week had announced that they've got a committee together to try to investigate what it would look like to have online voting to increase voter turnout for presidential elections and such which is a great idea because it allows people overseas and other members to be involved in that um, in in a simpler way so it's a great idea, but there was the question about this absolute majority question. Would would the elections be uh, process be reformed to make it so that presidents are elected by an absolute majority rather than the way it is now? So in other words, what and that has happened. A group has come forward and formally asked if that is something that could be done, if, if sporting could uh, convert to an absolute majority process. And what that means is this. It means one vote counts as one vote. It's simple. One member, his vote or her vote counts as one vote. Um, at present, your vote gets weighted higher the longer you're a sporting member. So if you've been a member for 30 years, your vote is worth more in the election than somebody who's been around for a year or two. Um, and that's, of course, why guys like Federico Verandes become president, um, although he has a minority of, elector, uh, of votes. And it's okay to have that system. Uh, we have that in, in in various government governments around the the world. Canada's got like that, and um, uh, Australia as well. Parliaments where a, a minority can be elected. The problem with it is a minority is always going to have opposition, and it's going to create division. It's going to slow down to reform in the in the um, in the in the club because the person never has a majority, and they're always going to have to push through their uh, their initiatives. So I like the idea of an absolute majority. I think it's a good idea. Uh, somebody even chimed in, one of you guys on Instagram, saying it would help to get more people to turn out and become members. I agree. I think those people who know that they've got a more of an input, more of a say in the game, the club are more likely to be involved uh, in the process. So I think it's a win-win. I hope it goes through. We will see. All right, so that's all I got for today. It again is J- July 12th. Great win today, one nothing. Wish it was a little more, but one nothing. At least it's a win, a solid performance all in all by Sporting against Santa Clara. We have a game Wednesday against Porto. Should be a great match, a huge match for us to see what we're made of a little bit and what some of our young players can do. And I will be back with a podcast uh, just covering that game on that day. Until then, have a great time, have a great week, and go Lions. See you later.